0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman and Connect My Tech. Now, when it comes to Navman, there are three new products that you need to know about. The Navman, MyView 770, 900, and the top of the line, the 1200 sensor XLDC. Now, what does that all mean? Well, three models and the first one starting at $229. It's a dash cam with a 2.7 inch LCD screen on the back, recording in full high definition. And one of my favorite things about this particular dash cam, still has Wi-Fi on board, still has active guidance to make sure that if you're veering out of your lane you'll get alerts you'll get accident black spot alerts school zones red light cameras even speed alerts on a dash cam so this is really looking out for you while it's looking out on the road as well this will record it will give you that full eco drive experience as well so if you're worried about how much fuel you can you're consuming this will pay attention to your driving and give you a little green leaf if you're behaving on the road and all of that at 229 bucks, it's coming at a perfect time just before the Easter holidays that you can go and get a dash cam before you head out on that road trip, just like we're doing in a couple of weeks times as well. And I'll actually be taking the MyView 1200, I'll be taking the top of the line big dog at 479 So again, not spending huge amounts of money, but at 479 this one has got the rear camera. It's got the very high definition front facing camera, but what I like about the front facing camera in particular is that it records in 60 frames per second. That means that I can pretty much press pause at any point in time and get a crisp still image of the situation that's happening in front of me and that could be to make sure I capture a number plate a detail or something like that that's happening on the road I can get that all with the Navman range so check out the entire new range and all of the existing products at navman.com.au because honestly if you don't have a dash cam in the car you're risking so many things it's just not worth it Let's get on with the show. Tech expert Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. And if it is the first time that you're listening to this show, congratulations and welcome on discovering a new technology podcast that has been around for a number of years now. On this show, we open up a bottle of wine or a beer or something that we can kick back and relax with. And we go through the tech news and do some product reviews of the week as well. Now, today I have opened a bottle, which I've been holding on to for quite some time. It's the Robert Mondavi Spotlight Collection. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a 2014. I bought this when I was actually at the Robert Mondavi Uh, Vineyard in Napa Valley, California, and I did it, and it does tie into tech because I did this on a trip which I was with Sonos, and it's funny, you know, we get sent sometimes overseas for events. This is when you start to to travel, and I got sent to uh, San Francisco for back then it was the Sonos Beam launch, and it's fascinating because you go and you've got one day event, you know, you're going to fly all the way from Sydney to the United States and all to attend a really two hour event where you're going to hear about the product, do some interviews, hands-on experience, and then you're kind of ready to go home. But if you're going to fly over oh, to San Francisco, you've got to do a little bit extra. So what did I do? Knowing that one country was just next door, Napa Valley is just down the road from San Francisco, I hired a car. And a real short story here, because it's important, if you do ever get to go to the United States, um, you can hire a car in many different ways. They've got Hertz and whatever. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get a Mustang because that would be cool. You know, jump in a Mustang, drive out to, you know, one country and cruise around in that. And it was about $70 or $80 per day. I thought, okay, that's cool. And then I heard about a service called Turo. Listen up, T-U-R-O. And Turo is a service that isn't really popular in Australia yet, but it basically means that you, if you might have a car, you could actually put your car on Turo and someone could rent it. And if you work Monday to Friday, maybe you catch the train to work, well, maybe somebody wants to hire that car for a couple of days here and there. So I went on that app and I started looking at cars in San Francisco. Naturally, there was a lot of Teslas available, um, as you'd expect with such a tech-driven little city that it was. But there was also Porsches, there was Ferraris, there was Rolls Royces, there was literally any car you could almost imagine, provided you could afford the daily fee, was available on the app. I hired a convertible Porsche and it cost less per day when I hired it for I hired it sort of between 9 and 5 p.m., so pretty much a business day I hired it for, and it cost me less than it would have to get the Mustang from Hertz. And that was a pretty great experience, driving a black Porsche um, over the Golden Gate Bridge into Napa Valley, doing some wine tasting, um, obviously tasting, not heavily drinking or anything like that. Um, And I bought one of these particular bottles, and I have finally opened it. And it may be because there's actually been some Sonos news going around this week, a lot of rumor, a lot of speculation about a new product that could be coming uh, very soon, potentially in May. I may know a little bit about it, but we'll find out more later. Um, but I decided to open this bottle and I'm absolutely loving it. It is thanking me for the selling that it's been for, I think I bought it in 2018. So it's you know a number of years old. It was already a 14 when it was bought. So Lovely wine. I love American Cabernet Sauvignon. I think they do a fantastic job. Now, today, we're going to talk about more tech. But seriously, get that app. Turo, if you're going to the United States, you could hire incredible cars for so, so much less than an actual hire place. We're going to talk about some tech news. We've got a fair bit to get through—about um, three tech spots. Then we're going to review a watch, a smartwatch that I have been wearing, a little bit unlike your typical Apple Watch or a Fitbit, um, especially when this is made by a brand known as Tag Heuer, who make some incredible watches. And this is their smartwatch. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. It is their second uh, smartwatch that I've seen in market, second one that I've tested, and I can't wait to tell you a little bit more about that. We're going to talk a little bit as well about air purifiers and dehumidifiers. Depending on where you live at the moment, you may be noticing it's damp in the air. There's mold developing. There are concerns, especially if you live in flood affected areas like I maybe do. Um, There's been a number of things you've been learning. And also air purifiers, because air purifiers are such an incredible product if you've never had one. And I'll explain why and we'll get into some of the detail there. But there's one little one that I've been testing from Panasonic that you just need to hear about as well. So that's the introduction to the show. Let's get on with it. I've been talking about this particular story on radio across the country pretty much all week, but I have to talk about it here because this is the audience that really is my loyal people. And virtual reality is something that we continue to talk about. We continue to talk about this experience that we're all going to one day be in, where if we want to catch up, if we want to meet each other, we might say, let's catch up in Paris, but we're all going to be sitting at home, but putting our virtual reality headsets on and standing in a world which isn't necessarily real, one that we've built and we feel like we're actually together. This is where we're going. Now, if we are going to be in this virtual world together, how do we bring in all of our senses? Obviously, we could see, potentially see each other in some shape or form. We could potentially feel one another in terms of, I told you recently about my HTC experience where we could physically feel when we shook hands or did a high five through vibration in the controllers and things like that. What about smell? There is a company in the United States that is working on virtual reality scents, now S-C-E-N-T-S, where they're trying to emulate certain smells to create real experiences. So, So take this for example. What if you were walking through a garden in a virtual world and you bent down, you used your virtual reality hand controller to pick a flower, you raised it to your nose, and you took a sniff. A sniff. A sniffy sniff. And what smell would you actually experience? It shouldn't just be nothing. It should be something. How else will it feel real? And that's what they developed. And actually, the reason I use the flower example is because that's one of the first things that they're working on is roses. So with a simple you know, puree or pop puree type uh, aroma that they would release at a certain point in time they're tying that to the experience. So how do you code releasing that scent at the right time as you actually, in that virtual world, raise your hand and bring it close to you? It would be no good if the smell was released too early. It has to be timed correctly to make it feel real. And that's what they're working on. Once they start to do that and they get, get correct, and you can actually then have this experience that feels real, how do you then bring other scents and smells into the experience. I think they should be able to pick and choose what kind of smells you bring in. No one really likes that sort of damp smell or, you know, wet dog kind of smell or an open bin or anything like that. So I hope that they can be picky around that. And I hope that the virtual worlds can be a pleasant place to be and a pleasant smelling place to be. But I'm hoping that they're working on this technology. It's just incredible. It does bring back to. You know, I think it was the 60s where they tried to do smell-o-vision in cinemas where if there was a gunfight, if there was something happening in the movie, they would actually release smell of like gunpowder burning and things like that to try and make it feel like you're in the movie. Um, it wasn't successful because I don't think people enjoyed those smells and it wasn't didn't really work as well as they probably hoped it would. Smells would linger and things like that. So this is going to be interesting. I continue to watch this VR space, and I've got an Oculus headset here. I really need to start jumping on a bit more and immersing myself in this world, so we can talk about what the experiences are really like, more from a first-hand experience. But you know, as things evolve, now the other thing as well from DJI, um, I, I've been flying my DJI drone a lot, especially when we went through that flood period. You know, taking it out to actually get a proper view of what was happening in the backyard, because you could probably see the waterline from our alfresco area, but what did it really look like from the top? How big was this little um, creek becoming? know The the creek bed behind our place, you could almost jump across today, Um, but it must have been a kilometer wide at its peak. And You can really only appreciate that when you take a drone up, but recently they've made an announcement of an enterprise drone. Now, enterprise drones, not the sort of thing that I would be buying, not the sort of thing you would potentially be buying, but I pay attention to enterprise technology because generally... It trickles down in the future to consumers. Now, this is the Matrice 30, and the Matrice 30 has an incredible name. It literally sounds like it comes straight from the Matrix. Um, three and a half kilo drone. This is a beast. Um, you have to unfold it out of this beautiful carry case. It has a forty-minute flight time, so that's literally you could just leave it up there, have some lunch, and it's still going before your lunch break is over. I mean, I love that. So, first of all, with this drone, the biggest advantage here is what it can do the conditions that it can fly in now this can happily sit around rain and heavy rain heavy wind snow extremely cold as in minus 20 degrees celsius and extremely warm as in 50 degrees celsius temperatures the fact that it can fly in the rain is incredible I know that that's one thing that I can never do with my drone is take it out in wet weather because that thing will fall from the sky very quick. The other thing that it has got is six-way obstacle avoidance. Another handy thing when I know that my one, when I flew it sideways, it landed in a tree um, because it doesn't have sensors on the side. My one doesn't. Um, So there's a number of things that it's missing. The other thing that's incredible about this is that if it, for whatever reason, loses connection between your controller and itself, it has an LTE backup. Meaning as long as you got 4G, it will actually still connect. And that means that you could fly wherever there's mobile reception. So the distance could be trivial in terms of what your controller can reach the drone. It will use LTE to actually communicate back to you. That is insane. The other thing which I do love is it's got a three propeller emergency landing. That means that if one of the four propellers fails, it can continue to operate with three. How? How? how does it balance? I have no idea. But if it can at least do an emergency landing, it means it doesn't tumble down from the sky and you don't lose it. This is an incredible piece of technology. No, I won't be testing one. No, I guess most of us probably can't even afford one. They're going to be very expensive. But the reality is you pay attention to this technology because there's a good chance that we'll start to see some of those features trickle down in the future. And it happens all the time. And this will certainly happen again. But that heavy rain, even just a little bit of rain, I'd love to be able to do that because again, tying back to that flood situation, if it was a rainy day, I couldn't take the drone out. I had to wait for a gap and literally I'd wait for like a two minute gap in the rain and bang, I'm flying that thing out, doing a quick zoom around and fly back. And as soon as that little raindrop start hitting the the tin roof again, we're back again. We're flying back at sport mode. Um, Motorola. Remember Motorola? I used to have a flip phone from Motorola as a child or as a teenager. Loved them. I remember the old Hello Moto ringtones. Motorola were a big, they're a big, big deal, a huge brand. And I think they've been making quite a resurgence, and we're starting to see that more and more. And this week they made an announcement. Um, I attended a virtual event with them of their Edge 30 Pro. This is a smartphone and it is packing bells and whistles out the wazoo. I mean, they are literally throwing everything at their smartphones. But what's smart about them is that they're not pricing them at the same level as a flagship Samsung or a flagship iPhone. This particular one that they've announced, the Edge 30 Pro, it will retail at triple nine. So, literally a dollar shy of a thousand, if you're working on maths here. And it still is a high price to pay for a brand that you may have forgotten about. But when you start looking at what it does have in terms of its high end um, Snapdragon processor, the 6.7 inch OLED screen, it's got HDR10, um, it's got a 144 hertz display, Gorilla Glass 3, Android 12, all the sort of things you would expect. 128 gigs of base storage, 8 gig of RAM. um, It's got a 50 megapixel camera. Sorry, it's got two of those because one's wide, one's ultra wide. It's got the depth camera, it's got a 60 megapixel front facing camera. Um, It's just. Crazy! It even that they say it supports Dolby Atmos through the two um, stereo speakers, but you know I I take that stuff with a grain of salt because Dolby Atmos on a phone is a bit silly. However, what gets interesting here is that they're saying that they're going to get 32 hours out of the battery. What's more is that it can actually support 68 watt fast charge. Now, 68 watt is an incredible amount of wattage to be sticking into a phone to recharge it. They were saying that you can effectively get from zero to 100 percent in less than 15 minutes. That's an incredible recharge speed for a phone that can already last 32 hours. So that means that you should have to work this thing hard. And if you have to recharge it, you could do it over a coffee. That to me is an incredible little feature and something that you probably won't hear about because, hey, it's Motorola and that song and dance and marketing budget that other brands have simply is not there. So if you're somebody that's in the market and wants to try a new brand, it would be interesting to see what people look at the Motorola and still think or perceive of the brand. Um, I've just been impressed by it. The other thing that was interesting too was they've got this integration now between your smartphone and your Windows computer, whereby you can actually use the cameras of the smartphone as a computer webcam. So if for whatever reason you don't have a webcam or your webcam dies, or even if you want a very good camera as your webcam, you can plug your phone into your PC and start using it as a webcam. I thought that was a really smart little trick that you could pull because what's more is that it becomes a mobile camera. When you think about most webcams that are built into the laptop display or something like that, you can't really do a lot with it. But if you were wanting to record an event or something like that, you can actually literally hold the camera, move it around and even use the flash if you wanted to get some extra light. It's a smart thing. They've got other integrations with your computer as well. You know, It's very similar to what Samsung does with DeX. Uh, but I thought that was worth noting because I really do think that there was some interesting tidbits from Motorola where you think, you know what, this company hasn't given up. This is a company that is really trying to compete with the likes of TCL, um, Oppo, LG. Actually, LG and Huawei are pretty much gone. So it's really TCL and Oppo. Samsung obviously have their mid-range smartphones as well. So, I think it's an incredible price for this device. I think it's a very smart move. We just have to wait and see whether the market really turns onto this as well. So, you know, watch this space. Now, let's have a quick break. And then after this, we'll talk about the TAG smartwatch and some air purifiers and dehumidifiers. And this show is proudly supported by Connect My Tech. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to talk about something because it's been bothering me. Now, as we've been talking about TV season, TV season has been upon us. Many of us are upgrading to 4K TVs, 8K TVs. They're getting bigger. They're getting better. They're more than high definition now. HD is old. If you are spending money on a new TV, have you thought about all the peripherals that connect that television? And Connect My Tech actually put a recent blog post up, which really caught my eye and made me nod And shake my head profusely at the same time because I see it all the time. How many of you have Foxtel? And how many of you know somebody else who has Foxtel, especially somebody who maybe isn't as young and as well tech connected as you might be, dear listener? Have they just bought a new TV, a 4K TV? And are they still using an old Foxtel set top box? Meaning that the menu is ugly, they're not really experiencing high definition channels, and they're certainly not experiencing the 4K channels that Foxtel offers. It's these kinds of things, which if you ask somebody about, they'll probably say, well, it works. It's fine. This is what Foxtel gave me 20 years ago, and it still works. So why would I complain? Why would I break something or touch something that's actually working? Yet at the same time, they've spent this money, this thousands of dollars on a brand new television that can make this experience look a whole lot better if they just made a phone call. These are the kinds of people that you need to recommend to connect my tech have them go to connectmytech.com.au, get on the phone, contact Patrick and the team, and get started on a consultation because he'll come in. He'll look at things like this. He'll tell you exactly what you need to do and even help you along the way to make sure that you are getting the best from your Foxtel experience. Are you still playing an old Foxtel contract? Could you be getting a better deal? Could you be saving money and still experiencing the better, the IQ5, the IQ4 set-top box? Of course you could you've got to get in touch with people like the folks at Connect My Tech. And it's not just about Foxtel. It's about your home internet. It's about your entire technology experience. Do you need help? Yes. Trust me, the value that you can get from Connect My Tech is going to be much more than worth not just the money you'll save, but the better experience that you'll receive. You can have a much better Foxtel experience on your brand new 4K TV and it just takes one phone call and it's not to Foxtel it's to connect my tech. Ladies and gentlemen, go to connectmytech.com.au. Have a look at their recent blog posts. It actually is a place that you should probably be paying attention to on a weekly basis. Just have a look at the articles that Patrick puts up there. And honestly, if you ever think you need his service or know someone who does, please put in a recommendation to them. It will be well worth their time and their uplifted experience. Now, there wouldn't be many smartwatches out there that I haven't tested. And I I say that with a pretty confident, pretty confident face. You know, there's no poker face here. I'm pretty confident to say that I think I've tested most smartwatches, especially most common ones. I'm sure there's some, you know, other brands that I've never heard of, like in China or something like that. I have tested a lot. Now, even in front of me, as I look around on the desk, I can see my Fitbit. I can see the Samsung Watch 4. I can see the Apple Watch Series 7. And I can see a tag Hoya. Now, Tag have been around for a very long time. They make fantastic watches. They make beautiful watches. And when you come to thinking about smartwatch brands, Tag doesn't normally come to mind. And I don't think Tag really considered smartwatches for a long time either. I would say that if you asked Tag about smartwatches a number of years ago, they would have laughed. And they would have said they're toys. They look like toys. It could be something that just blows over. But when Apple started to outsell every single Swiss watch company per year with their Apple watch, that made them probably sit up and pay attention. When you start to think on volume, just how many Apple watches are sold, and it can eliminate the entire Swiss watch market, and that's a lot of brands, that must scare people. And when you look around Apple Watches aren't just being worn by 13-year-olds. They're being worn by executives, CEOs, and others. And it's because they've realized that, yes, it may still look a little bit like a toy, but its capabilities are worth it. Whether it's for health purposes, whether it's for email notifications, or whether it's just that tight integration with the whole Apple ecosystem, such as turning on and controlling devices in your smart home it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons to get an Apple Watch or another smartwatch. So for Tag to come out with their own smartwatches was probably something that they had to be to eat a little humble pie. And when their first smartwatch came out, it must have been two or three years ago, I was excited to get hold of it. Now, it was thick, it was chunky, it was heavy. Um, They did partner with Google to bring that uh, Wear OS to that smartwatch. However, it was very clunky and felt very retrofitted. It was literally like they kind of shelled out like an oyster um, the the good bits, the analog parts of the watch, and then tried to jam in the electronics to make it a smartwatch. But at the same time, it was so thick, so heavy, the battery life was so poor It was a terrible experience, especially when you were buying a tag. I was quite disappointed with their first version. So, when the second one came to market, this is the Calibre E4, to be very specific, Um, I was excited to try it. When they reached out and said, We've got this new watch, we think you might like it this time, I said, Well, send it over. Uh, $2,600 for the Tag Hoya connected uh, Calibre E4. This is not a cheap smartwatch, not by any means. However, there are people who are able to spend up to $2,000 on an Apple Watch. When you think about the Hermes collection, and even if you start changing the bands and the different materials that the Apple Watch can come in, you can certainly price up an Apple Watch to get very expensive. So if you do want it to be dressy, an Apple Watch can get around this price point also. Compared to other tags, this could be considered a cheap tag. So at $2,600, what do you get? Well, this now looks and feels like a normal tag watch. The body, the frame, the band, the build quality, it's all there. It is absolutely stunning when you just pick it up and look at it. In most situations of me wearing this out in public, people noticed. They noticed straight away that it wasn't a typical smartwatch. They noticed that it wasn't a plastic type smartwatch and they could see the quality in it. In fact, people said to me, is that a tag? And it wasn't until I sort of really showed it to them, oh, it's actually a smartwatch and it's a tag. So I had that immediate feedback without telling people about it. On the back, you've got all the sensors, everything you would expect to be able to do, heart rate tracking, uh, sleep tracking, it's all there. So the capability from the capability side, wearing this or wearing my Samsung um, Watch 4 or whatever it's called, Gear S4, Gear 4, you know what I'm talking about. Um, If I wore that, I'm going to get the same metrics as I would from this. At the same time, with the 50 meter water resistance, tag has also added a lot of their own health features and a lot of their own health tracking. So you can track golf, you can track running, cycling, walking, swimming, indoor running, um, all these other different fitness things. And it happens within a Tag hoyer experience. And it's actually quite beautiful. And the metrics look great. You've got a seven minute workout and other apps on this device, which tag have also developed. It's very impressive to see just how much Tag has said. You know what? We're going to get involved in this. It has its own Tag Hoya Golf app, its own Tag Hoya Sports app, all on the watch. You've got its, it's got its own classic stopwatch and timer. It's got its own wellness app, and they actually all work really well. You can see that they've actually spent some time not just trying to retrofit smartwatch technology into a watch, but they've now embraced it to make it their own. The fact that it does run Wear OS means that you could pair this with an iPhone or an Android device. It will work on both of them. The other thing that I absolutely love, and probably what I've enjoyed the most, is the watch faces. This feels like you've bought five tags because you can change it to the Eclipse style tag watch face. You've got the Porsche watch face. Uh, You've got the the classic, and you've even got the Helios one as well. So all of these different watch faces that you would normally see on proper tag watches, you could emulate on this smartwatch. And they look really good. The, the, must, the thing I must say about them is that you need to spend a bit of time setting up your watch. And what I mean by that is this. My last complaint with the, with the tag connected was battery life. And I had that initially with this as well because I didn't touch the settings. And I did this last time too. I let it be as out of the box as recommended settings. What you really need to be doing is turning off things like the always on display. Um, making sure the watch actually turns itself off. If I'm not looking at the watch, I don't need the screen to be at full brightness glaring at me. What they now have is two modes to the watch face. You've got this very much black and white static type um, display which is almost, it feels like e-ink, but it's obviously not, but that reduces battery usage immediately. It's not until you flick your wrist towards you that it really lights up and starts to show you whatever colors and things like that, that the watch face would normally have. So they've been very smart about battery usage, but at the same time, after I've been looking at the screen for 30 seconds, if I don't touch it, it can go back to the way it was. I don't need it to be full lit. And as a result, I've now been able to get more than 48 hours Between charges. And that's a big thing for some smartwatches. I know for an Apple Watch, that's certainly a big deal. Um, But for me, that has meant that this watch has been something that I've been able to wear to bed uh, in the morning and throughout the entire day, go to work and things like that, and not be stressed about the battery life. The other thing I will say about this watch as well is that I have literally been wearing it for everything and anything. Now, I signed some crazy agreement with Tag. When they sent me all the paperwork that I had to sign um, around damage, repair, and things like that, I just signed it. I know it was two and a half grand. I just signed whatever it was, but then I wore it mowing, whippersnipping, cleaning the pool. Um, I'm sorry, Tag, if you're listening, I've literally worn it like a normal watch, but when I look at the watch now, not a single scratch, not a single mark on anywhere of the outer casing, the screen, or anything like that, and it's because of the build materials that they're using. Um, it is very, very scratch resistant. It's very tough. It's very strong. Um, not a single mark is on this watch and it will be going back as if it looks brand new still. So it's a tough watch. It looks great. I really like it. I've completely flipped from the last model to this model. This is going back, guys. This is actually being picked up tomorrow morning. Um, so I want to review it while it's still in my hand so I can look at it while I'm talking to you. But I really like it. And I think if you're somebody out there who has got this kind of cash to spend on a smartwatch. This is one that I would probably be going for. Louis Vuitton makes a smartwatch now. There, are, there are so many big luxury brands that are making them that this is not an out of this world type question to be asking. And again, if you can spend almost this much money um, on an Apple Watch, I think I know where I, where I'd rather put the money. I'd rather put it on a Tag. It's that simple. Do I want a Tag or do I want an Apple Watch? It's a no brainer. Um, so yes, you can get cheaper smartwatches but horses for courses, where are you going to be wearing this? Is it going to be to the golf course? Is it going to be into a CEO type meeting? Um, do you want to look the part? Do you want to wear a toy or do you want to wear a tag? I think that's literally the, the catchphrase here. The other thing I will quickly touch on before I um, move on to the next segment is how easy it is to change the watch bands as well. So if you are someone who does play intense sports, you can quickly change this to a different uh, rubber or leather or steel band, um, again, to suit the occasion to suit whatever it is, you can do that. So, you know, it does mean it's very versatile in that way. I've actually left it with a sort of like a black rubber um, banding, which has been beautiful and comfortable to wear. Um, I don't need leather. I I think leather kind of you know, it wears very easily. And especially if I'm going to be doing the things I was doing over the weekend, I don't want to be wearing a leather um, band on there. Steel band would have been great, but it's not what they sent me. So the fact that I can easily swap and change if I was a purchaser of one of these would bring some comfort. So if we going into a wedding, you want it to look classy. Um, you know, for me, just a real quick insight. When I got married, I wore um, a traditional watch on my left, on my left wrist, but I also wore a Fitbit on my right wrist. Um, obviously, very hidden. I had it very much underneath the cuff of my shirt, and you couldn 't see it in, in, in a single photo. and I was so conscious of that because you look at wedding photos for the rest of your life, your kids well, their kids well, um, you know that that photo that you take on your wedding day it 's always looked at wasn't worried about the analog watch because it's an analog watch. It was, it's classic. It's going to stand the test of time. But trust me, that Fitbit that I was wearing um, would have had a very small display. It would have been very, very thick and chunky. I don't want anyone to see that because that would have really put that image into a different world. It would have looked at that differently. It's like if I was wearing an Apple Watch to a wedding. I don't think you would. I apologize to anybody who has worn their Apple Watch on their wedding day, but when you look at that in 20 years' time people are going to say, what the heck was that thing you were wearing? And be like, yeah, do you remember when you used to wear watches that looked like that? I don't think you'd get that if you wore the tag connected. Just saying. Now, it must be an age thing or something where you start to get more fascinated about topics that just didn't interest you at all when you were younger. Um, here I am talking about air purifiers. And if you're too young for this, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. I'll speak to you next week. But um, I have suddenly been looking at air purifiers like they're just magic. Now, since living where we are now, uh, we've done a couple of things. We've painted, we've been sanding, we've gone through a flood. We haven't gone through a bushfire yet. Um, That could come. But when you think about all of those three things that I've mentioned, they bring different pollutants to the air. When you're sanding, you've got dust flying all over the place. When you're painting, you've got smell um, and when there's a flood, you later have moisture, you have dampness, and you have um, a problem around mold if you, if you don't catch this problem. Then when you think about bushfires, and this we actually had an instance around bushfires in the last place we lived in, the smell of smoke. If you're asthmatic, that could absolutely ruin you. Um, if you've got allergies to pollen, you can see how your indoors could actually be a real problematic place. With these kinds of odors smells pollutants and it wasn't until i did a briefing i think with samsung a couple of years ago about their air purifier and it got me so fascinated in this stuff i ended up thinking it was just rubbish i thought this is just this is what you need if you're in somewhere like shanghai where the pollution is incredible i mean this is australia it's beautiful air we love the air we breathe open a window life's good you actually can't always open a window I mean, that's the reality of it. Take those examples I've mentioned. If you have a bushfire burning in a suburb next door, you don't want to open the windows because despite the fact that you might have a nice breeze, you have to leave leave that glass door closed so you don't get the smell in the house, especially if it does affect you. So anyway, I, I got a couple of years ago, I got really talking to people who are specialists in this space, talking about HEPA filters, trying to understand what these things actually do, what's real, what's fake. And there is a lot of crap out there, to be honest. There's a lot of stuff out there which just is garbage that will put a a statement on their packaging which is false or misleading. And especially when it comes to that HEPA certification, a lot of people don't have it. They just say they've got HEPA filters, H-E-P-A. And anyone could put a HEPA filter on their device, but is it actually filtering 100% of the air that comes through the air purifier? That's a question you have to ask and have to look at on the product to understand that because there are even split system air conditioners that have HEPA filters, but it could actually be 10 centimeters wide where the intake on the split system is about a meter wide. So you need to start thinking about, okay, am I actually getting what I'm being told I'm going to get here? So air conditioners, while they can provide some air purification or filtration in your home, that's literally your last resort if you don't have anything like an air purifier because the filtering on them just doesn't have the same grade or level as a dedicated air purifier does. So when you start thinking about air purification, um, I've looked at a number of different units. I've tested a ton recently. I did a segment for Studio 10 where I needed to Um, get a bunch of units together. I continued to use them after bringing them home after that day and really started to get to know them. I tested one from Philips. It's the Air Purifier Series 3000. Um, I love the name. It actually looks gorgeous. It's got this gray sort of material wrap around, which looks fantastic. It's very quiet, um, which is an important thing around air purification, especially if you want it to run into the evening or if you put it in a child's room where they might suffer from allergies. Um, Having night mode and things like that to keep it whisper quiet is important but actually looking at the layer of um, filtering to understand how small the particles are that it can filter, incredibly important. So from Philips, I saw some great options. They come in different sizes to small, medium, and large rooms. It simply comes down to maths. Think about the cubic size of a room in terms of how much oxygen is in that room. Think about how much air the um, air purifier can intake in terms of liters per hour and do the maths. It would quickly tell you how long it would take for that air purifier to, to filter the contents of that room, and that could mean that it could be running for two days before it manages to filter all of the air in that room. So, depending on your speed and how quick you want this thing to work and how well you want it to work, you do need to buy those ones that suit the room. Don't just get the smallest one and hope for the best. Um, a small one is great for a bedroom, a medium one is great for maybe a living room, and a large one could be great for the center of the home, as an example. Now, when you think about it further, um, I've also received a very small air purifier. Um, this is from Panasonic. It's called the Nanoe X, And this thing is the size of a coffee cup, like a travel mug. And honestly, I've had it on my desk for about a week now. And I don't think it does everything you think it would. Um, it doesn't necessarily purify the air. There's not even a filter that you can replace, which would mean to me that it's not actually purifying the air. It's cleaning the air. And there's a vast difference here in saying that, because if I was sanding it's not going to help me with the particles in the air. What it is going to help me with is if I'm painting and it's going to help remove the odors in the air. So having this on my office desk has meant a couple of things. It's meant that after I've brought in a coffee, the smell of the coffee disappears pretty quickly. Um, If other odors appear in the room, it's pretty quickly gone actually. And it's been impressive to see that. But what's more is that this kind of device probably performs better in a car. It's USB powered, meaning if you have a car and you're going to have four or five people in it, it can get pretty stuffy in that car pretty quickly. And, you know, always having a cracker window can be difficult if it's cold outside or really hot, whatever the case may be. So having something like this in a cup holder, because it does fit in a cup holder, I tried it and then powered by USB actually could be a perfect little solution for inside the car. Again, especially if you've got people in the car who suffer from air quality issues as well. So that's a little quite a little, nice little gadget. I also have the Dyson um, air purifier here. This is the one that has hot and cool fan, which is fantastic for winter and summer, um, but it has a much smaller filter than you'd expect for an air purifier. Um, In saying that as well, I do love the fact that you can choose that when it's purifying um, to blow the air towards you or to blow the air behind it. Meaning if you don't want air blowing on you, it can solve that by blowing it backwards. Otherwise, if you're happy for that air to keep circulating around the room, it will blow it forwards as well. This is a bladeless fan, obviously. Um, It's gorgeous. They say it can filter formaldehyde. Guess what? While other brands don't specifically mention that, a lot of brands actually can do that, just like that Philips one I just mentioned. Um, But Dyson make a big song and dance about it. The Dyson one is about $1,000, this top-of-the-line model. But it's not just an air purifier. It's also a fan. It's a heater um, for cooling as well. So it's it's a gorgeous piece of kit, and I enjoyed using that as well. The other one I'll talk about is obviously the Samsung, which I thought was fantastic. Um, I've had it for a number of years now. Um, All of these devices, by the way, usually have an app meaning they can connect to your smart home, meaning you can actually turn it off and on wherever you are. You can monitor your air quality pretty much wherever you are as well. And I find that to be hugely advantageous. Samsung is no different. It works on smart things. It works with your Google Assistant. um, And that basically means that if I ever want to, I can quickly turn it off and on especially if you notice that it's been off for a while and you think, gosh, it's stuffy in here or whatever. The, you can feel it, especially when you're working from home. You might walk back into your office and think, oh God, what? I've been breathing too much in this room, too much carbon dioxide or whatever the word is. You turn the air purifier on and things start to feel comfortable again. It's real. Now, beyond that, if we start thinking about dehumidifiers, that stuff has gone crazy lately, especially with all of the floods and things like that. So while an air purifier will help reduce the moisture in the air, it does. It helps with re- you know take out some of the mold spores in the air a dehumidifier will combat mold directly and it's a really important difference that an air purifier is great to try and prevent mold from existing a dehumidifier will help kill and remove and prevent mold from reoccurring but at the same time just removing that dampness from the air could help you from a wardrobe perspective in the laundry where you may not have adequate air circulation or even in the bathrooms where again you think about hot steamy showers not a lot of ventilation going on not a lot of natural light coming into bathrooms usually especially if they have got frosted windows and things like that so it's been fascinating to me. I've been using this dehumidifier. We have one in a bathroom and we have one in the garage. And the reason we put one in the garage is because we've got quite a bit of water in our garage during the floods and mostly runoff water, not necessarily that the, the flood came. It was, it was water that was running past garage doors and then into them. Um, and We've had so much dampness in there. So I thought, you know what, I'll put a dehumidifier in there, not because I'm worried about the garage, but because I wanted to test the appliance. Now, this one is from Breville, and it's been amazing. Again, connected on your phone, you get notifications on your app when the water tank is full. And a massive important thing to call out here, dehumidifiers that automatically shut off when the tank is full is critical if you care about the room that the dehumidifier is in. Because if not, it could overflow. And if it's in a wardrobe, what's worse than more water in your wardrobe? Now, these dehumidifiers literally suck the air in, take the moisture out of it, and then blow it back out. I'm talking about this thing capturing liters of water easily in a day. I'm emptying this thing, especially the one in the garage, twice a day. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. And I'm pouring out what feels like six liters of water every time. I don't know where that water is coming from. It's literally in the air. It blows my mind. Literally blows my mind. And if you have have moisture issues, if you notice you've got mold, if you notice anything where you just have this dampness, especially after we've had a week of rain, having a dehumidifier could be a game changer. You really want your humidity to be between that 40 to 55% range. Any higher means that you could have... Um, I think it's higher and you're encouraging mold growth, any lower and you've got, um, it's too dry. And if it's too dry, it means that you're gonna have other issues going on in your air as well. I think it's especially got to do with skin and things like that. It's crazy. Like when you start getting into the detail on this stuff, it's wicked stuff. So, my recommendation to most people is consider an air purifier in your home. Even if you don't have allergies, but if you think about smell and things that could bother you, an air purifier can make a big difference. If you're working from home and you're sitting in a room where you might have to close the door, you can't necessarily open the window all the time, consider putting an air purifier in there because it actually keeps the room fresh. And that means that you will sound better, you will think better, you will breathe better. Breathing your own garbage every time. Every part of the day is not healthy. Um, and again, I've seen some people claiming around COVID saying that air purifiers can impact COVID. I don't buy into that stuff. But what I do buy into is my own experience. And I'm someone who is very skeptical and I've started to get a little bit more positive about this stuff. Um, a lot of these obviously going back but I can tell you that I've definitely started to open my eyes a little bit more about air purification and even wondering how I can build this tech into the home rather than it being an appliance that sits in a corner all the time. So, you know, do check it out. Do do some research. Um, They can get expensive, but the very cheap ones are effectively a fan. Um, I've seen some brands, especially the no-name brands, where when you look into the actual details of the filtration that it provides, it might as well just be a pedestal fan. Dead set, that's as good as some of them can be. So, Do look into it. Do check the filter size. Do check the replacement filters because if it doesn't offer the ability to buy a replacement filter, then what's it actually doing in there? You know what I mean? If you don't need to ever replace the filter on an air purifier, then it's not a real air purifier, guys. It's that simple because an air purifier that's doing its job will need replacing. It's that simple. Um, So do, do your research there's plenty of articles. I've seen some great ones on Choice, um, on Finder and other places. So do some, do, do some look, look into it, especially if you've got allergies or you've got someone in the household who does. Um, it's been absolutely fascinating to use them. Just spend your money wisely on these kinds of devices. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you've been amazing. You've listened to a cracker of a show. If you enjoyed it, leave a review, one star, five star, whatever you like. Leave some comments. Get in touch with me if you've got any questions. We are open to discussion. We will also have a giveaway coming up on the show soon. So if you're interested, tune in next week and the week after that, where we'll hopefully be able to talk about them more and let you know about how you can win. There's some fun stuff ahead. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.